0: Pamela Anderson's appearance at a fashion show in Paris is getting a lot of applause because she stepped out makeup-free.
1: I just thought, I don't want to compete with the clothes. I'm not trying to be the prettiest girl in the room. I feel like oh, it's just freedom. It's like a relief. Grey hair and wrinkles are the new black, so they say. And when 90s Baywatch star Pamela Anderson, now aged 56, turns up at Paris Fashion Week makeup-free, that's got to be a sign we're turning a corner. Well, here's Whoopi Goldberg's take on her show, The View. Actress Jamie Lee Curtis
0: joined the praise, declaring that the revolution has begun. Oh, oh. <laughs> Are more women getting more comfortable in their own skin? No.
1: But this is no joke in a world where youth means health and vitality and age equals decline and being a burden on society, where creams promote anti-aging, where Kim Kardashian famously said she would eat poo if it meant she would look younger, and going grey and keeping your laugh lines can be a career-breaker. I don't think it's a revolution
2: yet, but I, I do, th- and I've always known you to be this way, Whoopi, but I do think to see some people setting the opposite trend that we're seeing everywhere else, like people of a certain age and now on reality TV is starting in your 20s. I don't recognise them. Yes, in fact, so they look, ironically, way older than they are right? because they all become chipmunks with big lips. <laughs> I'm
1: Sharon Brett Kelly. Today on The Detail, are we seriously celebrating ageing or is this yet another marketing by the $500 billion beauty business. I talked to a former women's magazine editor known for embracing ageing, but first Petra Baggist, TV presenter for decades, now host of Grey Areas, a podcast for women about growing older. When did you start going grey? I decided to make a change
2: in August of 2018 because I was sick of the cycle. I'd get my hair dyed every month. To cover the greys that were coming through. And I'd feel fantastic for the first two weeks, and then I'd hate how I looked for the next two weeks. And it just is too much of an emotional roller coaster. And for anyone who thinks, well, that sounds a bit extreme, or it, I think there's something about our hair as women that's intrinsically attached to how we feel about ourselves. Like it really is a statement. Curly hair is a statement, short hair is a statement. It is an expression of our identity, and I know that we minimise it a lot. We say, "Oh, it's so silly, isn't it?" Now, I don't believe it's silly. So I was like, "Uh, "What will I do?" Because if I let my hair go grey, that's it. I'm saying I'll never be on telly again. That was the decision I felt I was making. Yeah, yeah. Who's grey haired on telly in 2018? Except for men.
0: Yeah,
1: Mike
2: McRoberts. Mike McRoberts looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But you know there aren't. There aren't women. Generally speaking, there they, they haven't been haired women on telly. And I decided I would set myself free. I, I wasn't even trying to be back on telly. But I realised psychologically that I was making a call for myself. Was it scary? You're sort of making a career decision as well, aren't you? Yes. It felt significant. So yeah, it was probably scary. And I got it bleached and cut off. But what I was seeking was further down the road. I was seeking the feeling of freedom that comes with loving how my hair looks. Mm. I, I remember talking to a man who said, delay, delay, don't do it. And I thought that's so interesting. He wasn't talking about me. He was, he was talking about the world. And he was thinking, if you go grey, will opportunities will be cut off or people will perceive you to be... Old and therefore past it. Mm. So, did opp- were opportunities cut off? How do I know? <laughs> did somebody not call me? I don't know, Sharon. Did they not call? I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind if opportunities were cut off because I wasn't doing it to get or not get work. I was doing it to feel well. Whether people die or not is not the point. I think our how we are feeling inside about ourselves and therefore how we engage with the world. Yeah, is what matters.
1: Okay, so more. you you don't know if opportunities were lost. Yeah, did you notice any change in work because you're sort of you're a freelance, right? Yeah, and so you get offered work from all kinds of yeah. places. MCing, did it or slow presenting? down?
2: Such a good question. I don't know that I perceived a slowdown, but I I, ha- I probably had uh, my radar on for it. Um, I got a gig to MC for a bunch of Australians and I freaked out internally I was like oh they're gonna expect a blonde person and so I went and got some highlights through the grey and I thought what are you doing Petra stay your course I know I know that my hair Mm. doesn't change my ability to work well or to deliver a brief and then grey areas coming along and that actually has created work for me
1: what about wrinkles Oh,
2: wrinkles. Well, I used to have quite a negative relationship with wrinkles. I used to just hate them. And then I remember a friend saying to me one day, I love your laughter lines. And I was like, oh, wow, you've attached a positive adjective to a very negative thing. I tried Botox when I was on TVNZ's breakfast show, and I didn't like it. It didn't feel right in me. There's no way I'm going to orient my life towards trying to be younger or look younger, I'm not going to orient my life towards what I've lost. I want to orient my life towards where I'm going. So I don't seek to be 20 or 30 or 40. I seek to be 50 and more. Mm. And that entails living like I've lived, like looking like I've lived. I said, go.
1: Okay. Um, I said, Are you good? Go.
0: I'm good. Go. Go sit.
1: There's an episode in the hit TV show The Bear where actress Jamie Lee Curtis's 64-year-old lined, mascara-smeared face fills the screen. Do we have a problem? Fans call it the Christmas episode and Curtis is the star
0: as the frazzled, wine-guzzling Donna. An absolutely fantastic episode where her wrinkles are front and centre and she's just amazing. Wendell Nissen is an author, broadcaster and former editor of
1: the Women's Weekly. She says seeing high-profile women looking their age is
0: encouraging. I just interviewed our very own Robin Malcolm, you know, and she's just done two shows where she really looks her age. So Far North and there's one coming out called After the Party. She does nude in After the Party. She's a life-drawing model and she's... But naked and this is what we need we need to watch these women and have a have a relevance but she had to fight hard to get that Robin. did she yeah but and you know you'll remember olive kitteridge with francis mcdormand you should see a doctor i hate them myself but you should get yourself checked out
1: well i don't really care whether i croak
2: or not
0: neither do i so women like us watch that and we go yeah that's me that's me And we need to see ourselves. But what has happened to me is I spent my 50s horribly menopausal, horribly depressed, escaped up north to the Hokianga where I didn't have to see anyone, uh, and just let myself completely go. So put on weight, uh, never wore makeup, hair was down to my waist. I really did look like I'd gone a bit bit nutty. Uh, And now that that's all over, the menopause is over, I've found myself again. So I'm sitting here with you wearing makeup, but I had to learn how to apply makeup again from uh, older women on Instagram. So we talk about influencers and we think of all these young gym bunnies who are sort of giving our, our daughters really bad advice and trying to make them feel bad about a bit of fat and, you know, Mm. unrealistic expectations. But influencers our age are fantastic because they take you through makeup tutorials. Uh, They don't do anything exceptional except a bit of yoga, uh, which all of us can do. But they are still stunningly beautiful, which Mm. is why it works. But it's an aspirational thing. You know, it's just a freedom to be able to be who you are in in this age that we are and not to have to sort of hide away anymore. I googled (laughs) grey and wrinkles news
1: (laughs) to see what stories there were around because that's the other funny thing is the beauty industry, I feel... Isn't taken seriously as a news story, given that it's worth. Well, I read somewhere that it's going to be worth five hundred and eighty billion US dollars mm. by twenty twenty seven. And yet, if you, you know, if I, I was trying to find serious news stories about the beauty industry and how it actually makes money,
0: it's it, nobody really no, looks at it in that way it's no, as a lifestyle. You don't go thing. digging because they're massive corporations with mass. You know, like Big Pharma it's big beauty. You yeah know, they, they have huge amounts of money to fight back if anyone says anything awful about them um, but I think you're right I think they are steering towards us oldies and having more older women I know Mecca for instance where I spent an inordinately huge amount on my new makeup kit <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know they frequently have older women on their on their socials so they they're going yeah we, we, we're we going to make a lot of money out of those women. Here's um, a population that's got money. Yes, I've got money. And, you know, the thing about buying my new makeup kit, I felt like I was like 18 again when I first discovered makeup. I'm actually really enjoying the rediscovery of, of me and realising that, oh, I can look quite good.
1: When I googled um, grey hair and wrinkles, there is a story. Quite recently, Dove, the beauty company, mm. they seem to be really good at latching on to trends, actually. They have launched
0: products for grey hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's bloody hilarious, you know, because the only products I use, when you do have grey hair, like my, it does go a bit brassy like a blonde, so you just use the same violet or purple shampoo as the blondes use. I mean, you don't need a special one for grey hair. Um, but that's hilarious. But, yeah. But Dove were the ones that did the different body shapes. You remember that ad yeah. campaign? Different coloured women, different body shape women. So, on the one hand, you celebrate that. I was always really happy to have those ads in my magazine. But on the other hand, you know, it's cynical manipulation of women for money.
1: When you have edited women's magazines over the years, have you experienced? A lot of pressure from the beauty business to, you know, write stories in a certain way, push certain products, highlight
0: trends, that kind of thing? Oh, always, always, even in the 90s, that was a huge pressure. Uh, And they bought a lot of ads. So... uh, in my early editing days, you know, we had so many ads, we couldn't even fit them all in the magazine, so we would turn advertisers down, which sounds amazing. Uh, so they didn't really have much control. You had a beauty editor, and her job was to do all the schmoozing and, you know, talk about the product. So, you know, there was a kind of, oh, we've got this ad, so we have to have that product on the beauty page. It's always been like that. Now it's much, much. I mean, a lot of, you know, publishing is in trouble, you uh, so basically, you take an ad, you get the, you get a story to go with it, uh, and that's just the way the publishing model is now. And and yeah, beauty beauty people know that. So even more pressure now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of the magazines these days are, well, apart from a few, are editorials. So the space which is you know which means it's been paid for by an advertiser to produce the content. And as we go further along the line, and we were discussing this before we came on here. Um, You know, algorithms, content, AI, it's going to get worse, I think. So, I mean, I don't believe anything I read on Instagram now anyway. (laughs) But I really wouldn't if I was anyone else out there because nothing's not paid for anymore. Beauty tips that can help you look years Younger, because who doesn't want to look younger? Welcome to this week's facelift makeup tutorial. As we age, we produce less collagen, giving our skin less ability to bounce back.
1: So yes, more of us are embracing grey hair ball. and wrinkles,
0: but youth still rules. It it just doesn't feel quite the same. And anymore. it's what we love so much in our younger kids, you know, our teenagers and 20-something. So it's really just recreating. Take facial injectables,
1: things like Botox and fillers. Typically fillers are injected into the cheeks as well as into the lips
0: to create more volume and the benefits can be seen instantly.
1: A new report by India based DDAL Research says that the global injectables market will nearly double by 2028 to 16 billion US dollars. It calls it the unceasing quest for youthful aesthetics, and there's no sign of decline, especially with more and more men also now using injectables. But at the same time, Vogue Philippines made the headlines earlier this year with a 106-year-old woman as its cover star. Wendell says it would never have happened when she was the editor of Woman's Weekly in the 90s.
0: No. Oh, look, we were struggling with even putting men on the cover back then. Never <gasps> worked. Yeah. Uh, there were th- several things you didn't do on covers in those days. men. Uh, and if, it, if you had to have a man, like a rugby player or something, you put him with a woman. Uh Babies oh. were really good. Uh, never used the colour green. So there were all these rules. Why, um, why not the colour green? Oh, I don't know. Some study had discovered that it puts people on. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what it was like in those days. It was really weird. Um, but no, it doesn't surprise me. Vogue, for instance, there's an Instagram silver influencer they that I follow, a woman called Grace Garnham. Who's a former microbiologist, Uh, and she's uh, got 1.4 million followers. She's in her six—I think she might be late fifties, early sixties—and she's just in vogue online all the time. She was in there in her bikini the other day, Uh, so I think the online is helping them get reaction. So that tells them that it's working then they're not going to do it unless it works. Mm. So they must, yeah, and I think we'll see more of that with just sort of, we used to do what we call experimental covers where you'd take a risk and just see if it's sold and if it's sold, because there's a lot of us. There's a lot of women in this age group and we do have money and we do support magazines and we love a magazine. We're not digital at the moment. You know, we still like some print. Mm. So, uh, no, I'm not at all surprised and I think it's great. I mean, I, I don't want to be judgmental about Botox and other injectables.
1: But, oh, I will be. <laughs> okay, you, you can be. Is this, going, is this going to deal to that?
0: Okay, I'm not saying, I mean, I've got friends who do Botox. I'm not saying they're absolute idiots because they're not. They're very intelligent women. If they want to do that, that is their choice and they have every right to do that. And they have every right to want to look younger if they want to. Mm. Uh, but what I hope is that women start just presenting as they are, with their wrinkles, with their grey hair, confidently. I think it will continue. The worrying trend is when it's young women doing it. You know, those 25-year-olds getting Botox, and that's happening a lot. And that's like, okay, so what's that doing to your skin when you're my age? What's your skin going to be like? And what's your health going to be like? And we don't know. You know, Botox hasn't been around long enough for us to go, oh, that wasn't a good idea. It seems like women are always having to struggle. (laughs) Like, you know, the feminists, we had to have all these feminists lead the way for us, for us to follow, you know, women's health. We all have to, you know, we've got so many things we have to fight for that I think, well, maybe we just don't have the energy (laughs) by the time we get to our 60s to fight for, be happy with who you are. Uh, But women have to do it for women. I mean, when I went grey, which was about five years ago, I remember I used to walk along the street and occasionally I'd see another grey-haired woman and we'd smile at each other. You know, (laughs) like when you're pregnant and you see another pregnant woman like, hey, hey. Now there's there's too many to do the smiling so it is growing and and there's this beautiful woman with gray hair all over the place now and not in the old firm perm with the with the violet rinse like you know our grandmothers used to get but with good flowing locks and uh, so now I'm just smiling at everyone all the time like yeah <laughs> so I think there is a kind of a network going on and I think it, it will grow I'm very confident it will grow
2: I hope that we're accepting ageing better. Will the beauty industry do itself out of a great funding path? Uh, uh, No, it's not going to. So the beauty industry wants to keep going. It's part of capitalism. It wants to stay healthy and keep making money at whoever's expense. In the same way that menopause and wellness can become an industry that makes people money. The drivers of it, I wonder if it is in fact the women who are experiencing it and who are standing up and saying, I want to be well, I want to feel good in my own skin, good in my own hair. The industry is going to hop on board that
1: kind of a movement,
2: but the movement doesn't belong to them.
1: Have you done promotions for certain brands, beauty products? I never have. Never? No. Have you been
2: approached too? Yeah, I've been offered opportunities too. Yep. No, I've... I've advertised New Zealand and Australia and I've um, promoted Sport NZ's m- movement. That's probably the two things I've done.
1: If you were approached now to, say, promote a grey hair product, would you? What? Well, it's a good question. I guess I could consider it
2: if I used it, if it was real. Yeah, like if you even, believed in it. If I believed in it. Even the sponsors of grey areas, essentially 95% of them, I they, 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 it's a re- quite a rigorous thing. I
1: have to... Believe in what they're doing. Are any of them beauty companies? Yes.
2: Manuka RX was an early sponsor, and they are um, moisturisers, cleansers, and they had a series of a range of products called Pro Aging, and they've just taken it out because people struggle with Pro Aging. Oh, the actual
1: wording of it? Pro
2: Aging. I read the whole um, press release on it. Some people interpreted it as wanting to age and that that was a negative thing. And I'm like, wow, okay. So they're now calling it something else. Cuz yes. you know we've we've lived in an anti-aging society. So That's we have right. been anti-aging. So I think the pendulum is swinging towards we're a bit more neutral about aging. They were pushing it out to being pro-aging, like aging is a wonderful thing. Yeah. In truth it is. Cuz you're alive. Like the whole everybody's trying to live forever, right? Why should we spend a lot of time, energy and money living forever like we are young? Let's not do
1: that. You're you're being asked to go on the cover of magazines. Again, with your grey hair.
2: Yes, so so when you're on television, you're in that public eye and you get to be on the cover of some magazines and you have babies and everybody wants you on the cover of the magazine when you have babies. And then I was off telly for 10 years and have continued to be off telly.
1: Hang on, can I ask yeah. you why? Why you've been, Was that your own choice? Uh, when I
2: left TVNZ's Breakfast, I thought I was resigning from a job, but it turns out I was leaving the industry. That's
1: how they they saw it. Was that related to your appearance it's, or, or being, persu- be, being perceived as being too old really for I, it? I hope again? not. I wondered. I was 40 at the time. I
2: turned 40 while I was on TVNZ's Breakfast. Yeah. And I, I was worried about my age. I was worried that I was heading towards a demographic that would be pushed off. It was actually the hours and the... And the job itself that wasn't fitting. Right. So I resigned from the job. And that was that. Okay. I was out of the industry. So maybe at that point, my age made me less employable. I, could, I mean, I called it like a, a, a desert season where I'm doing my own thing. I'm learning te Māori. I'm honing my MC skills. I'm being ambassador for this and that. And then when the podcasting and radio and other things started to come along, and the grey hair, that movement towards being a bit more pro-grey hair. Mm-hmm. I was asked to be on the cover of Thrive magazine. And that was a wonderful photo shoot. We, I did my own makeup. We used the clothes from my wardrobe. We flew to Great Barrier Island and shot on the beach. And it's sort of raw and real. And it's like, you know, it was a little magazine that could until it couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that was quite joyful. That was... Um, yeah a wonderful experience and just recently I've been asked to be on the cover of Good magazine coming out this Christmas and so I'm like wow this is this is like a positive <laughs> ageing positive grey story right it's yeah. part of, I feel like I'm part of this energetic movement towards it's okay to be grey and to be getting older and to be doing something that you love that has meaning
1: That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Phil Benge, and our producers are Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Petra Baggist and Wendell Nissen. Kakite.